Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach, and I'm so glad that you're able to join us for episode 22. We're going to talk about embedding the learner profile into the learning space. You've unpacked the learner profile attributes. Now what? Do you use them whenever time permits, or can you plan with them in mind? In my personal observation over the past 12 years, I've noticed, myself included, that most PYP teachers use them in alignment with behavior or character traits, and they are so much more than that. And so our challenge is to look at the learner profile in a new light and try to consider them as a teaching tool. So here are some examples in relation to the learning process. Now, I'm giving you some examples with specific attributes, but as we know, we can interchange them and we want to make this as fluid as possible, but it's always nice to have a concrete example. So let's get started. So as we're looking at attributes in the learning space, you know, when we're thinking about the learning space, we are considering more about than how the, you know, the seating is arranged or what do the walls look like? Of course, those are things that are important, but we're examining how does the learning space itself reflect the attributes of the learner profile? Think about that for a minute. You know, how is the space allowing for risk-taking, for inquiry for, you know, taking principled action, allowing for communication to happen, for children to become open-minded. That's, there's got to be space for children to be able to demonstrate those things. And so we're going to delve into some possibilities that you might want to incorporate into your classroom. So let's look at from the lens of thinkers what thinkers need in order to thrive. And one of the tools that you might find very useful for your thinkers is an inquiry table. Now, an inquiry table, I've used them for many years. It's an excellent way to get students to play with ideas um, all the way throughout the unit. You can have them utilize it initially as a provocation and you have resources on this table. So you might have books and pictures and artifacts and a um, whole range of items. And you ask children to engage with this by making predictions of what they think the unit's going to be about. And as you're going throughout the unit and you're getting kids to engage and reflect, and to tweak and to, you know, go back to their original understandings and see how they've grown. As they're going through that process, I've also had students ask, can I add to the inquiry table? And as they're doing that, I'll ask them, well, how does your item add value or connect to the ideas um, driven by the table? And it's amazing what they come up with. So it's for sure something that you might be interested in incorporating. So as we go through and look at it from the lens of inquirers and 
inquirers, you know, want to research and want to delve into implications of things and how those working parts come together. And so something that I've had separate from an inquiry table, which is largely teacher driven, and it's because I curate the materials at an inquiry table, I will have also in the room an inquiry station. Now the inquiry station is available to children at any time, early finishers, um, children that want to stretch their thinking. And I have random materials um, based on what I have available. And it's driven by a question. And the question is at the heart of everything that you're trying to bridge the gap. So possible question that you could pose is, what can you create with these materials to show force and motion? So clearly I'm teaching force and motion and I've already um, scaffolded and laid that foundation for them of what that means. So now they're going to test their theories. They're driving, oh, I'm bringing about student agency. They're designing the process. They're designing the product. And I think that's so important that you have some sort of inquiry station that they can tinker just tinker. And will they be able to be there forever? No. So as early finishers, and they obviously early finishers that get the concepts, um, and they're tinkering a little bit. Now we redirect. We're moving on to another engagement. It's left. And then the next group comes up and picks it up. So it's like a shared inquiry. Um, very fantastic. I've seen this work um, quite well in many schools. So now let's go to a different area of the school. Um, besides your personal learning space, let's now delve into the attributes in the school library. Since the library is the hub of all learning, you know, it sets the tone for literacy of, as a lifelong learner. And it can also, you know, set a tone for developing those learner profile attributes. Now, if you look at it from the lens of balanced, how are we finding balance in the library? And that's a huge question that I've often posed um, to myself as I go into different libraries um, within PYP schools is, is there a library, you know, corner or a bookshelf where the learner profile attributes are highlighted. Because most libraries are classified by genres, reading levels, you know, author highlight, um, bins, um, or Dewey Decimal System, whatever it might be. Some schools even restructure according to the six transdisciplinary themes. But what the learner profile um, section does is it allows students to explore each attribute and self-assess which attributes they need to work on. Because as they're getting more and more exposure, that's where the balance comes in, right? They're able to balance, hey, what do I need to work on? Uh, what am I positive and negative about? What are some exemplars that I'm seeing in, in, you know, in this reading corner, in this learner profile corner? You know, is there a multilingual and multicultural text to showcase that we're all connected around the world? 
You know, we have universal problems. And I think that really helps to um, build um, that level of balance in thinking, right? And so we're also looking at the school library from the lens of knowledgeable. You know, there's a lot of knowledge that can be acquired by visiting the library on a regular basis. And one way that we can do that is really setting the stage for development of the learner profile attributes through a monthly focus of one attribute. So as students come in and they have that read aloud experience, you know, they have that engagement with the librarian or library clerk. It's centered on something. And, you know, these read alouds would get a deeper understanding, um, cementing our understanding of what does this attribute mean and how is it connected to me? And I think that's so important. And can you imagine over a course of a month where you've had, you know, four sessions where you've been able to read texts of different people and examine how that attribute has, you know, exemplified in this text. Now you're building knowledge of what that that attribute looks like in real life. So, for example, so this is some example that, uh, you know, librarian possibly do is, you know, to build that conceptual knowledge of commonalities of culture. They could be sharing, let's say, you know, December is a big holiday month of how can the different holidays around the world at that time in December, what are those, you know, commonalities and differences that that bring us together as a human family? That's that's a lot deeper than, hey, here's a book on Hanukkah. Hey, here's a book on, you know, Ramadan or Eid. And here is a book on um, Christmas, right? Or Kwanzaa or whatever it might be, right? And so um, something to think about. And so now as we're going around the school even further and looking at the attributes in the school hallways, you know, the school hallways, the office areas, the communal spaces um, provide a blank canvas really for the exploration of the attributes. And so one challenge that is how do we make that experience interactive and relevant to our students instead of just becoming one more piece of wallpaper that's up, right? Something that's pretty, but it has no interaction or interest to our students. So thinking about open-minded and from that lens of open-minded, when we're Developing our understanding of the PYP, we need a lot of experiences to help us understand those terms. And if you're a new PYP practitioner, you're probably overwhelmed with all of this terminology. And that's how our students also feel. And so one way to help break that down so it feels more practical and more relatable is having an interactive bulletin boards. And it allows students to look beyond their own experiences and try to understand other people's perspectives as well. So an example of this is creating an interactive bulletin board with 
book covers of, you know, of books that children know that are probably presented into the library lessons, right? From a wide uh, subject matters. So you've got a breadth, so it's not all, you know, Christmas or holidays or whatever. Um, And then having students examine them. And you kind of position it that, okay, these books emulate, uh, you know, caring. And ask students, you know, on post-its or on little cards and post-it on the board, how this book emulates or reflects the attribute to them. When they engage with this text, what about this text resonated to them that this character was caring or principled or risk taker or so forth? Wow. Now, in a natural way, you're getting them to cite textual evidence and also apply meaning to them themselves. So you're building those skills in the school without it being so driven by formalized test taking and and also formalized instruction, right? So now let's look at it from the lens of risk taker. Students also, you know, struggle to identify how risk taking is more than jumping out of an airplane or facing your greatest fear. So it requires a lot of strength of character to continue when faced with obstacles and keep going on. So an example of how to take risks, you know, and to continue on with the action is having a wall dedicated to educators as well as school staff members of people who are taking risks in their own life. And that might be going to, you know, get further education. It might also be, hey, I'm learning new skills. I'm learning how to cook. Or I'm learning a new hobby. I'm learning how to knit. Or I've just started a family. And I'm learning how to navigate that. All the different ways that... Your, the school community is demonstrating that attribute that is being focused on. And what does that look like? So that students don't get a skewed vision of what these attributes look like. Now, to be able to make sure you're on the target, make sure you read the descriptors, make sure you have a clear understanding of what that looks like so it broadens it out, right? And so we're not having tons of skydiving trip uh, trip pictures, or, you know, um, those type of extreme behavior type things, right? Um, those are exciting. Don't get me wrong. But we want to be able to show how do we do this in everyday life. So I hope you have um, some takeaways today. Enjoying this other episode, another episode of Confessions. I'm so happy you're with me. Now, if you want to have some more ideas and some more takeaways, please visit our website at thinkchat2020.weebly.com and uh, our Twitter page, um, thinkchat2020. So glad to see you and can't wait to see you again in our next episode. Have a wonderful day.